The term passionate is a word thrown around and overused. Mountain life has become a hashtag for wannabe influencers. These words can overshadow and diminish the incredible people who actually live, work and play in the mountains. They have remarkable stories to tell and I'm on a mission to find them. I'm Ashley Pettit and this is the Beyond the Mountains podcast. My guest today is Anselm Bold. He's one of the pioneers of steep skiing. Powder Magazine named him one of the 48 most influential skiers. He may be retired, but he's still getting out of the mountains. Just after we recorded this interview, he was heading off to Nepal and the Himalayas. His name is associated with many first descents in Chamonix, Antarctica, the Himalayas and Bolivia. He was the pioneer of steep skiing or extreme skiing. In the 70s and 80s, he was skiing down steep couloirs and mountain faces that were unimaginable at the time and that has inspired today's modern day skiers. To give you some perspective, he was skiing in leather boots, riding on skis that were 210 centimeters long, but he only stands around 165 centimeters tall. The steepness of these runs were between 40 and 55% on sheer ice. He didn't like to ski the fresh power like today's modern skiers. Less risk of avalanche, he says. It could take him all night and all day to climb up these mountains and then ski down the runs that he'd only imagined in his mind. These lines that he skied were no fall zones. You fall, you die, and has become the stuff of legends. Hello friends, I'm your host Ashley Pettit and welcome to another episode of the Beyond the Mountains podcast where I talk to people who live, work and play in the mountains. Let's start the intro music, get on with the show, allons-y. My name is Anselme Beau. I am from Marosina Voya, near Chamonix, and uh, I'm a screen instructor, of course, and a mountain guide. And uh, I have uh, only my life in the, in the mountains, so it is my uh, favorite life. Anselm Bord, welcome yes. to the show. Good. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> So um, when I was thinking to come here and interview you, I thought uh, because you're famous for your steep skiing of Chamonix and in the USA, do I need to bring an airbag? But then I realized an airbag is not going to help me where you ski. Is that correct? An airbag is no good because you're, you're skiing in two steep uh, regions. Uh, no, of course. We, we don't have to fall down in, in Prohibited. Forbidden. It's a no-fall zone. <laughs> no, no-fall zone. Especially because I, I used to whiskey because I, I, I was often with Patrick Valençon and uh, whiskey only on the hard snow at that time. Yeah. So, yeah, so today's interview is a no-fall zone. We cannot fall today. Exactly. All right. Uh, why don't we start off with uh, telling me where you grew up and, and your life in Morzine and how you came to Chamonix and then you went to America and uh, what you do now is sort of in the with the Himalayas. So start, let's go back a, a bit and start back there. 
Yes, uh, when I was very young, uh, my father was a mountain guide and ski instructor also. And uh, when he went to to guide uh, his client, I follow him always. Uh, so uh, from uh, the little mountain uh, around Marzin, I could so I could see uh, Mont Blanc uh, massif, of course, and uh, my dream. Uh, of course, it was to to go uh, over there. So I've been in Mont Blanc uh, when I was uh, 12 years old with my father and three clients yeah. of him. And uh, well, it was not so easy to to get acclimatization up there because uh, I have a, a little headache and so on when I, when I began to, to go down. But uh, it was a good uh, good story. Yeah. So tell me about Morzine and like growing up, it must have been pretty uh, pretty special place to grow up in the mountains as a kid. Uh, it was uh, it was not difficult for me because uh, I always uh, follow my father working in the forest and uh, and in the steep mountain like. Uh, uh, steep, very steep uh, terrain with uh, some rock and uh, and I, I feel very well because my balance was good and uh, when I saw a mountain I want to I wanted to go up. Yeah. So you, um, I read that you started off as a ski instructor first. Like most people who live in the mountains, you became a, a ski instructor. Yeah, of course. Uh, what was the life was of a ski instructor like? For, for me at that time, yeah. Ski uh, instructor. My favorite skier was, of course, the the champion, uh, like uh, later Jean Claude Kelly. But at that time, it was uh, Henri Duvillard and so on, the French ski team. And uh, I wanted to to be near there, these people because I was in a ski club in uh, Marzin and uh, we'll, uh, we did uh, um, we make a lot of uh, race each uh, Sunday and so on. I was good in slalom race, not very good in uh, down, downhill because I did not uh, have a good uh, Technique, technique of feeling for for the, to, to be quick. Okay, for uh, the speed. So, some people uh, are very good at the beginning. I was better in uh, when I, I was on the edge and the hard snow. Yeah, that's soft it. snow. It was if you don't like the soft snow, we're gonna yeah. get to this later. <laughs> so um, you had a knee injury, and that was one of the reasons you sort of uh, stopped the competition, and you you decided to pursue a life yeah, as, a, yeah. as a guide. Yeah, uh, at about uh, twelve years old, I got uh, I broken I broke my leg, as uh, as many people as I am, because no safety. Uh, bindings yeah. at that time and uh, leather boots of course and I broke uh, two bones plus uh, the, the, the ankle and, and uh, so for one season I was off and I need, I uh, lose a little bit the qualification for the next year 
And after I have to go to, to school and so on, uh, it was not e very easy. But uh, when I finished uh, near uh, 17, uh, I uh, began again uh, good training in Islam. And I, I used to be a good uh, uh, racer in the national uh, race of uh, ski instructor is Challenge des Moniteurs. I've heard of the Challenge des Moniteurs. Yeah, yeah. Challenge <laughs> des Moniteurs, it's famous. And uh, I've been uh, on the tents first uh, many, many times. And uh, with this and uh, also in the summer, uh, I began become a good ski, uh, climber. And after I passed my ski instructor uh, diploma and uh, guide also. And uh, when I passed in Chamonix my exam, the teachers uh, asked me if I want to go with them uh, to, to be a teacher. So I accept, of course. Yeah. And Chamonix, you know, you're, I won't say your age, but you're retired now. But Chamonix obviously changed a lot over the years. Of course. Of course, because uh, before, in, uh, especially in the summertime, we have all choice to climb everywhere because uh, weather was good, the snow was uh, hard in the couloir and so on, ice was down. And uh, now, since a few years, it's very difficult to to go to the, to the same choice of uh, climbing because uh, uh, the stones are going down and the glacier was uh, as uh, smaller and uh, dangerous. Yeah. No. And you obviously in in your life you spent a bit of time in the, in America too. How did that uh, how did you make that change and what led you to go and work in America? I was in America for six months in the winter in the Mount Hood in Oregon and uh, it was funny because of course I was good skier between uh, other skin structure level uh, was down but uh, I used to climb a lot, many, many times, uh, the Mount Hood, uh, just behind the lodge when I lived. And uh, sometimes I went uh, after my job in the afternoon. I'd be back uh, near the summit up there. And uh, in, the, in the morning, I ski down. And uh, I practice in a special uh, place, very, very steep. It's, it was, uh, they call that uh, snowball, something like that. And uh, it was uh, very, very steep until vertical. So I practice more and more near the vertical. Yeah. And I get a technique, special technique. But uh, we have to say at that time, we ski with uh, uh, longer skis, of course. Uh, slum skis were 2 meters and 0.7 centimeters. And uh, otherwise, we, we ski with the two ten skis normally, yeah. and the technique was, uh, of course, different than now because I uh, we have to to uh, I have to ski on the steep slope uh, without jump 
if I jump, I go down very fast uh, at the end of the turn, and uh, it was very dangerous to to do that. So I uh, practice a technique. Uh, I push on the uphill ski, only push, a small push, push, and uh, I turn without big uh, jump, and I stay uh, most possible uh, near the snow. And uh, it was okay. Now, when I see uh, the new ski on the steep uh, slope, I don't speak about the the guys who, who go very fast down in the part of snow, but uh, in a steep and hard snow, uh, we have to to make short turn. And with the short skis now, it's different because we don't need to have uh, to use my technique. Anyway, uh, it's very uh, easy to use mine because we. It's not so. I'm not tired at the end. See, if we jump and we go uh, uh, differently, it's very uh, uh, difficult to to get uh, down uh, one thousand meter of vertical and many many turns uh, with a, a classic technique. Yeah, one of my friends, Fred Butard, is a guide in in. Uh in the Morian, his his question was, "What is your technique for for coming down the mountain?" So, tell me a bit more about your technique, because it's very different from modern modern skiers. It's a lot more shorter shorter yeah. turns. Yeah, because uh, for for me, uh, the extreme skiing it's a kind of alpinism, and. Uh, the man who is who has a good uh, technique, of course, but uh, um, con- a good control and good balance, he can do very very well in the steep uh, couloir. But uh, I, I use only on the uh, hard snow because uh, no risk, no avalanche risk and no stones down and so on. So the first descent we we made uh, at that time, it was especially in uh, July and uh, a little bit in August, August because uh, the couloir was uh, full of snow. But it was, uh, we needed a good technique. And I, I, like I was a slalom skier before, it was very important for me. Yeah, yeah. So when your slalom skiing is very short, yeah, short turns, which and precise. and precise, which yeah. is going to help you in the couloirs and yeah. the steep icy conditions. Exactly. Um, going back to the to the oh, just go back a little bit, but you mentioned that you had leather boots and your skis yeah. were two two meters, two meters ten long. Yeah. So that's there's a lot of change over the years in the equipment. Talk to me about the changes and and do you like the the new equipment now? Uh, yeah, uh, at the beginning uh, of I use uh, the plastic boots. Uh, it was uh, I think Technica, and uh, they were. Uh, not so high now, like, like yeah, now. Yeah, it would have just been over the ankle. Yeah, not a little up, bit the leg. more. Yeah, yeah. and uh, we did not have uh, any uh, uh, ski tour uh, bindings, so uh, we had. Uh, I cannot show you uh, this, but it, it is uh, uh, the, uh, 
down, um, forward it's uh, binding maybe uh, with uh, safety but I, I push yeah, you have to screw the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. completely. Not, not the modern no uh, possible releasing. to to lose. And behind it was a, a piece of metal, no no uh, safety binding, but we can uh, block. We can uh, yeah, you can lock it off. Yeah, lock. Uh, and uh, it was lighter also. And uh, so to get the the base of uh, couloir, uh, we have to. To do with uh, with the sometimes with the skins, but after foot uh, and cramp and but at that time the snow was good. Uh, I mean uh, hard oh, in cool. the morning, in the summertime, yeah. so no problem. And uh, the skis, uh, it was a slalom ski I, I use in the winter forest. Wow. Mm. Two two meters ten or whatever. Now modern skis are a lot shorter. Like I'm, I'm two. I'm one eighty nine. So my skis are one eighty nine and hundred and ten. Yeah. What do you? What are your skis now? Like we're still eighty seven, eighty five wide. Uh, I use uh, not so fat skis and so on because first uh, I used to uh, I use hard hard snow. On this couloir, and uh, when it's very uh, narrow, narrow couloir, uh, narrow, narrow couloir. I mean narrow skis. Narrow skis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's difficult to side slip. Okay. Not so easy. Uh, I mean, uh, we don't need that. So my skis are still uh, not so long. One eighty, one eighty one, and. Uh, of course, I can try to use uh, the new model skiing for powder snow, no problem. Yeah. Uh, I use it, but uh, steep couloir, uh, I prefer to, to have a, like not really slalom skis now because they are short and very narrow, but between. Yeah. And when you're in the, the US, um, you were one of the sort of the people behind the extreme skiing competitions. You yeah. were a judge. Yeah. Um, how did that develop? Um, talk me. Tell me about that uh, early part of the free skiing, you know, extreme skiing and freestyle skiing competition. That was the early days. Uh, it was uh, at that time. I was invited by uh, a Swiss who was uh, uh, director of ski school of. Um, Oh, uh, Alaska, North America? No, North America, in Colorado. Uh, uh, I'm brief. No. It doesn't matter. We can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway. And uh, uh, for part of uh, years, uh, I went over there to, to be a judge. And I saw a lot of uh, young people who, who are, most of them uh, is, are uh, dead now. But uh, it was different because my extreme skills. Uh, a string was uh, deep, steep, and uh, hard snow, and they did in uh, any part of uh, uh, route, but uh, with jump 
yeah. as they do now. But at that time, we say, okay, we don't judge any jump because it's maybe too dangerous for for the future. So we we judge for the control for the hair was not uh, judged. It was uh, five different uh, criteria, technique, and so on. Yeah. And the, those early days is in because the American ski resorts were it was forbidden to ski out of bounds. It was very controlled. There was no free skiing. So um, what I read is the the this new introduction of ex- extreme skiing um, really changed the skiing in America for uh, for everyone. Is that would that be that correct? Oh, you mean uh, at that time it was not. Uh, uh, correct to go off piste. Yeah, of course, because it was uh, uh, all the ski, every ski resort are private, so it was good. And uh, some uh, were open, uh, like in Colorado, um, in South. Um, I will tell yeah, you. we told me the name later. Uh, Telluride. 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 Telluride was open at that time, but the rest of the ski resort were was that. Uh, it was not possible to go off piste, and um, now probably it's uh, tolerate. Tolera- it's more tolerated. tolerated. Yeah. <laughs> so the private ski resorts were very controlled. Where you can ski, there's no off piste skiing, and yeah. uh, that led to the free sky, the stream skiing going to Alaska. And, yeah, exactly. And mm. more heli skiing. Yeah. That was something that you didn't really want to pr- pr- uh, pursue you didn't p- want it to be more of a uh, pure alpinism that's why you is that one of the reasons you came back to to France you, you wanted to do a different type of uh, extreme skiing yeah because uh, we considered uh, the extreme skiing we say uh, ski alpinism before huh? yeah. not extreme and uh, we considered uh, we go and down, it's a alpine, alpine style. No helicopter, of course. And uh, also, uh, it, it is a, a, a part of uh, alpinism. Yeah. So you uh, had a little bit of time in the US. And uh, take me back to what was the f- what was the first extreme or the first steep run you did that you sort of that you got your name for. Tell me what was the first run you did. The oh, first probably uh, Couloir Couturier, the Aiguille Verte, yeah. and also down uh, the cable of uh, North uh, of Aiguille du Midi. Yeah. Uh, I made the first in uh, 1977, uh, but before in uh, one season 73. Uh, with Patrick Valençon, we we skied on uh, uh, some couloir of Aiguille Verte, and also again in '77 we made uh, Arrête de Petre, and this one is very famous because uh, uh, in uh, Alpine style, uh, only walking, it's a long way, uh, and uh, we ski down with uh, with Patrick, and uh, of course we start. Um, down with the big uh, 
uh, rucksack. Uh, what time do you start in the morning? And uh, of course, uh, 12 o'clock uh, in, in the midnight. morning. Yeah, midnight. And we, we have to climb a very long uh, way. And uh, we had, uh, of course, uh, rope and a big camera. Camera, yeah. says uh, 16 millimeters, and uh, everything to be uh, uh, autonom, Autom atomic, atomic yeah. uh, man in the mountain, like uh, a guide or uh, alpinist, and um, so it it was different because uh, our bag was heavy, and it was a long long way, and uh, plus we. We film uh, one of them. Yeah. When you're at the top of this couloir and uh, you've reached the top, what are you thinking? Like, what's the emotion? What's the feeling when you're looking down? Uh, it must must be an intimidating feeling. Are you scared? Nervous? What's the? What's you are not nervous, but uh, we we are. Uh, Attentive. <laughs> Very attentive. <laughs> and uh, the problem when we are two people together, we are not really safe because we we have to do about the other one. Yeah. So when one go and stop at a place, and sometimes he, he take the camera for the other one. But anyway, uh, be careful. Uh, the other one is not pushing the snow so down. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, new and uh, also uh, when I, I ski alone I'm, uh, I'm not uh, so anxious about that, about that. Uh, anyway we are afraid of course but it, it is probably like in Alpine still we we have to control this uh, uh, thing and um, uh, we, are, we don't have a problem, but we know we don't have to fall down. That's all. Yeah. So are you are you in the zone? Are you just purely just concentrating turn after turn after turn? What's what's the mindset when you're in these steep steep places? No, we have to control about physical thing because after a, a long long climb before with a big sack. Rucksack, and uh, we can be tired a little bit. So we have to control a few turns and stop because uh, otherwise the legs are poor, and uh, we have to be uh, safe about that and always control. But uh, it is uh, probably this uh, thing I like, I love very much it is to control ourselves and uh, to be sure the, the posture is good to be sure we know that the reason we go first in the same way and we descend the same way yeah. that means we know exactly uh, the, the way and uh, about the snow quality also and um, anyway we, we know uh, we don't have to fall down, so we don't. We are not afraid, but but we are concentrated. Yeah. <laughs> right. So you're not falling down. So obviously, if you start at midnight the night before, you climb up. Yeah. 
And you make how how long is the day? When do you? Oh, we start uh, twelve, and uh, we have to first we have to go, go up and descend on a glacier and go up uh, for one thousand three hundred meters vertical, and after we have to go down and go up again the the part we descend before, and uh, so we got. Uh, at the top of Mont Blanc at eight o'clock, and uh, we finish uh, the descent. It was uh, probably uh, nine thirty, twelve, uh, ten. I mean, and after go up and so on, and go back to the small refuge, go down on the Vallée Blanche and up to get the cable. Uh, so it was a long, long uh, journey, maybe. Uh, uh, fifteen. Uh, hours. Yeah. Wow, it's a long day. Yeah, a long day. Yeah, yeah. That was your. F- that was one of your first lines. What other other um, first descents? Because you've you've your name is a long. Uh, not your name is associated with many first first descents. What yeah. other first descents have you done? Uh, how many? How many? And what other oh, ones? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't because uh, sometimes I, I make a, a short or uh, not non uh, descent, uh, very dangerous also. But uh, it, uh, it was. Uh, it is not uh, named because uh, uh, anyway, uh, danger and difficulty sometimes are not uh, very close. Uh, I mean, uh, sometimes it's very dangerous, but the technique is easy. And um, uh, so, by example, uh, uh, when I went to Antarctica, I met Conrad Lanker. I had, uh, I, I, I was with client and Conrad Anker, American guy, known, yeah, uh, was Conrad there. Anker. And uh, I Tell him, okay, are you ready to go on this couloir? Because it is a famous couloir, never skied before. Uh, it is 2,000 meters vertical. So 2,000 is it's very, very yeah. high. Yeah. So it was uh, not uh, really difficult. It was be- between 45 and 50 degrees. The snow is pretty hard and uh, it was not danger but uh, we have to control as, uh, our physique uh, and him uh, as uh, like me the, uh, uh, rando boots yeah. and the skis were okay but we have to, we have to control that and how long did that take you to, to conquer that one? Oh, I don't know because uh, we did not see the the time because in Antarctica it it is all all the day sunny. Yeah. So <laughs> no problem. <laughs> One of the things I've read that you said that the mountains aren't dangerous. It's the the conditions or the way you ski and the way you think. Uh, tell me why aren't the mountains dangerous? Why? Yeah. You, Oh, it's a uh, objective danger. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, avalanche and uh, snow. Uh, I mean, the stones fall down and so on. The rest is uh, is okay. 
of course, in a very high uh, condition and uh, altitude with, uh, with the cold. And uh, of course, it's uh, also dangerous. But um, the main part is the our, uh, ourselves yeah. uh, controlling the, the technique. And... Uh, I cannot say the mountain is is uh, um, is dangerous, of course, but it's not uh, the fault of uh, mountain. Yeah, that's if there is accident, yeah. it's a man uh, fault. When you're looking for these lines, what are you looking for? Some skiers want to ski a beautiful line because it's flowing, or you know, it's just a beautiful line. What do you look for? When you're looking for a new line, what what gives you the excitement and the the passion for a line? What do you look for? Of course, uh, when we were at the top, we, we uh, the line was uh, inside because we climbed first the line, and uh, that's the reason I think uh, the people who is going up with helicopter. And uh, other men, uh, cable car or something, uh, it's more dangerous. I think it is dangerous because they don't they don't go uh, they don't feel enough the line, but uh, snow quality. And uh, uh, so when we are at the top, we are concentrated for for the line, and uh, we uh, imagine before. Our line, yeah. and after we, we ski, and sometimes sometimes we are surprised because uh, the snow was not so not <laughs> so, so good. good, and uh, the worst is the crusty snow. Crusty snow, yeah, because uh, you break the the crust and down is soft, and uh, that's the reason my uh, special turn. It is especially for that if we go with two skis clothes. Uh, together, we we need uh, um, something uh, um, uh, solid. Yeah. In bad case, if we are crossed, one of the skis is going to break the crust, and uh, we can uh, uh, lose the balance, and it is dangerous. Yeah. So. Uh, my technique is um, when I go in steep and uh, narrow couloir, uh, it is a, a turn, a short turn, and uh, not a quick turn, but short turn to control uh, before and and uh, after the the turn, side slipping. Yeah. But. Uh, sometimes, uh, no, most of the time now, the the, the guys are going uh, down uh, with the uh, big um, uh, speed. I mean, uh, they are going fast, but especially in powder snow. Yeah, powder snow is good. The problem is when. Uh, you go down fast. Uh, most of the time, the snow is moving be- behind yeah. you. And the, one time you stop and the avalanche come and you are... Uh, so uh, most of the people now, they go 
They are strong enough to go uh, very fast and go long way uh, all the way down. Yeah. It's, so it has changed a lot. Yeah. Tell me about the changes that you see now. What's the difference? Uh, uh, you know, I see them. Your technique was when I watched some videos now is very yeah. short short turns. Jack, jack, jack. These guys in the couloir have more longer turns and their fluff is behind yeah. them and yeah. they're coming up with a lot more yeah. speed. Yeah. It's it's a very different uh I think uh, I, I think the, the not uh, they don't ski until now they don't ski uh with the same uh, kind of technique in the very long and steep couloir. But sometimes they are strong enough to do it. Yeah. Uh but uh too bad. A uh, few weeks before, a uh, famous uh, young skier, uh, French young skier, uh, get uh, dead uh, like yeah. that with uh, one partner. And uh, I, I knew, uh, of course, uh, the guy from Chamonix and the other one, the young one from Bolivia, yeah. uh, Chilean Bolivia. I, I met him uh, also. But the, the problem is uh, because the first go down and stop, but he has to to find a place, a safe place. If it's not the, the case, the, the other one is coming and put the snow down and it's not safe. Uh, problem. Uh, uh, there are many, many accidents uh, with this uh, part um, practice. When you were doing your first lines, was it uh, an addiction to find more first lines and be the first all the time, or you weren't worried about having a name? At that time, it was a kind of competition yeah. because uh, the, the Swiss, uh, Sylvain Sodan, who made the, the first, uh, one of uh, many uh, first descent, uh, but uh, went uh, often in helicopter uh, or uh, other men, uh, means. And um, he was not in the same uh, uh, technique as us. He went down, uh, especially when the snow was safe. Uh, I mean, safe, uh, soft, 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 and um, uh, sometimes uh, some partner use uh, the rope for the for the beginning to to uh, secure him, and uh, we we did with with uh, Patrick Valençon the same route, so it was second. After Sylvain for Couloir Winper, Couturier, Gervasuti, uh, and so on. But uh, I can, I, I think the first descent or the tenth or twentieth descent are different. If snow condition is very easy at, for the first descent, maybe the second or the third, it, it, be uh, very dangerous and very difficult. So, first or uh, other one, the the snow condition is uh, the main problem. The inclination, uh, uh, the, the steepness, yeah, steepness yeah. Uh, can be uh, forty degrees with ice. It's very dangerous and difficult for technique as a. Uh, 
if the snow can stay and 55 degrees, sometimes it's easier, but it, it depends on the snow condition. Only. Yeah. Uh, one of the questions that um, Fred, another a mountain guide of mine, he was wondering what the top three, your top three um, descents in Europe, might, what they are or what they are in France. In Europe, uh, the first is uh, probably Arête de Petre, but uh, also uh, north of Aiguille du Midi, Aiguille du Midi uh, uh, here in Germany. Uh, that time uh, when we did the first descent, we were with uh, I was uh, with two partners and uh, one part was very very hard hard snow and uh, it was very difficult to to turn uh, really uh, sometimes we side slip because uh, the, the the snow was like a mirror it was uh, terrible wow. so uh, uh, it was very dangerous. So the, uh, we did uh, maybe more than two hours to go down. Uh, and now when the snow conditions are good, the people are going like uh, um, one young uh, in a snowboard. He made uh, three times in the day now. See <laughs> Freddy, but yeah. uh, for man, he's... Uh, he's, uh, he's uh, in Everest now, on Everest now. Uh, but uh, conditions are, are the most uh, important. And uh, also, uh, it's difficult to, to say the best, the uh, young, the, the, I mean, the more difficult. One uh, time I was in Kanchenjunga, uh, in Himalaya. Yeah. And uh, I, I had my skis, and uh, I went up uh, to the 8,505 uh, meter, and uh, Yalongkong, and uh, I was solo. Uh, not all the, the day solo, but that, uh, this day I was uh, solo. So I uh, carry my skis, and uh, about uh, 8,000 meters, the wind was so strong, I could not continue like that with my skis uh, on the bag. So I leave my skis here, and uh, I get the top and down. Uh, no Sherpa, no oxygen, huh? wow. uh, light uh, alpine still. Yeah. Uh, now everybody goes uh, with oxygen uh, for even 7,000 uh, meters. But at that time, it was in uh, 1984. At that time, it was a new way to go without oxygen and so on. But after it was finished, because nobody wanted to go without oxygen, uh, they, they take a lot of Sherpas and so on. But anyway, uh, at that time, I get my skis uh, uh, again when I descend uh, with, uh, uh, from uh, the summit. I get skis, but uh, my leather boots, light boots, not light, I mean uh, supple. Yeah, uh, yeah the, it was uh, at that time, uh, maybe me yet, I don't know. It was dif difficult to adjust with, uh, with the skis, this uh, kind of boots. So going down with the... I was a little bit uh, tired, of course. It was difficult to ski down. Yeah, uh, I can uh, imagine. 8, yeah. Why did you choose 
steep skiing. Why? What? What drew you to this type of skiing? What was the feeling? Why? Well, because I was a racer before, so I wanted to to go, of course, uh, uh, in a slalom, uh, good technique and so on. And uh, after, uh, I consider when it because I loved skiing, of course, and uh, I wanted to ski most uh, of the the months of uh, in the year and uh, at that time i near my small mountain uh, around marzin i ski in spring uh, as uh, long as possible in spring when uh, the snow is uh, neve yeah light, yeah yeah uh, hard snow and uh, when it when it is white we can ski yeah, that's, so that's everywhere. You're, you're famous for saying yeah. this. When it's white, you ski. <laughs> yeah, but now it's difficult because to say that because the people, uh, w- when we began extreme skiing, uh, we don't want wanted to use rope. So if there is uh, one couloir with a small part of rock and we need a rappel, we don't go. We go around or we don't go. So um, now uh, when it's white, uh, we ski, but when it's uh, dark, I mean rock and uh, snow, they ski also because yeah, they like, use rope. Yeah, it's a lot different. <laughs> yeah. Um, Zebulon wanted to know if there's any lines or mountains that you wish you'd skied. Now, looking back, is there, are there some places you, you, you would like to have skied? Oh, yes. Now it's too late. But uh, I wanted uh, uh, my first expedition in a high mountain, like Dolaguerre, in 1978. I used to ski a small couloir, very steep, also on the, on the way. Uh, of uh, south east uh, uh, pillar of uh, de la Grille. and uh, that time I fell I feel uh, it is possible to ski uh, from 8,000 I'm sure but um, I, I could not uh, I ski a little, little bit also also and show you show you in the Tibet side. Um, uh, also uh, Everest, uh, I ski uh, only the Westcomb uh, because I have a client and it was not possible to to uh, try to uh, carry my skis up there. So uh, I was guiding, so it was not possible. And... Uh, I think it's normal. The people want to ski from the top of the world. It's, it's correct, and the uh, Slovenian uh, did it. Uh, some uh, American, uh, like Hilary and Lotse, yeah, it's f- very good because uh, it's not not uh, evident. Couloir is narrow, and uh, I saw it, in, but. Uh, the life is uh, is too short, and we cannot uh, <laughs> do so many things. Yeah. Because I have my work, uh, like a guide, uh, also a teacher for for guide in uh, Bolivia, in, uh, in Nepal, 
and uh, also have a family. But anyway, uh, I wanted to to ski more, but it was dream now. You can't fit everything in. No, that's finished. Speaking now. <laughs> of tr- fitting many things in, you are a, a mountain guide, and that's led you to travel the world. So where has that taken you? Tell me some of the places you've you've travelled. Like you told me, Bolivia and Himalayas and. Oh, but the mountain. Yeah. Yeah, Bolivian. They are very good, nice mountain also. Yeah. Very nice people. And uh, I ski also the first descent of uh, Huayna Potosi. It is uh, 6,000 <coughs> and few meters very near La Paz. And I ski uh, recently uh, with uh, another young uh, guide. Uh, it was uh, about 50, 55 degrees. Um, also, so I told you uh, Antarctica, it was famous because uh, so far. And uh, <coughs> also McKinley, <laughs> Denali, <laughs> we have uh, skis, of course, but uh, it's not po- possible without permission, permit of uh, the the park and so it's difficult uh, also I don't uh, I have not been in um, uh, Pakistan Pakistan now the new new fashion now new, uh, a lot of uh, young people goes yeah. from France to Pakistan and you're um, you you are a guide and you are also helping um the Himalayan Sherpas yeah. to become better mountain mm-hmm. guides and more qualified. Yeah, tell me a little bit about this work that you're doing with the, the Nepalese and, and why is it important to you? Uh, I mean, the uh, Nepalese. Uh, bon, uh, of course, it's my my second life in uh, in Nepal because I love uh, uh, Nepal and, and Nepalese uh, because uh, they are. They are famous uh, people, always uh, laughing and uh, very comfortable to be there with them. (laughs) Yes. And uh, also some same uh, things in Bolivia. But anyway, with the Sherpas, uh, generally Sherpas or Gurun, they are very nice. But for skiing, it's difficult for them because they they want to be strong and uh, never fall. And it's difficult for them to to learn ski because uh, uh, they don't want to fall, and uh, they they want to be strong. And uh, their technique is is difficult to to teach uh, nice technique when we we ski uh, ourselves. It's to to go uh, from one foot to the other one and go up and down and so on and make good snow, good turns. And there, uh, for, for them, it's difficult because they want to to be strong. And uh, but uh, recently, uh, one of uh, the Sherpa I teach uh, many times, he ski down to from uh, top of uh, Malasulu. And uh, he, he was, uh, he is uh, the first and the only Sherpa who who skied down. Manasulo, that's a, a famous mountain. Tell us, tell the the listeners about Manasulo and why it's a it's a it's a big achievement for this Sherpa. 
Malaslo is uh, uh, 8,000, uh, not so difficult, a little bit dangerous about avalanche. And um, they use to be uh, a very good training practice before Everest. That the, way go, uh, that the reason they, they go often to Manaslu. But uh, I know very well this mountain because I have to, uh, to go two times to try to uh, find the body of uh, one young French, uh, big avalanche. Uh, there was uh, one American uh, with this uh, yeah. avalanche, and uh, but he saved him. And uh, at that time, it was eleven people dead. And um, yeah, this mountain is dangerous for that. But if we decide to to go in a good condition, uh, this mountain is very good to ski. So I don't ski from the, I did not ski from the top. The other thing that you're doing, which is uh, for the the Sherpas, is is uh, teaching them to correct rescue techniques and how to use the DVA transceivers and the yeah. Rico. Um, tell me a bit more about this. Uh, yes, of course. We when we invite them uh, group uh, each winter to to uh, teach skiing. Uh, in the same time, we. We uh, teach uh, for uh, uh, those uh, means like uh, Arva and so on, and uh, especially Rico since a uh, few years. And uh, because we want uh, every people, of course, the people who is uh, going uh, up there, but also the staff in the base camp must be uh, equipped with uh, a small uh, Rico. Because, uh, like uh, in Everest a few years ago, uh, before the uh, uh, seism, a uh, few years before, um, a group of porters, uh, there were 21, and there uh, are 17, uh, I think, uh, uh, down and uh, recovered by avalanche. And uh, they, they needed many years, uh, many, uh, pardon, uh, days to, to try to uh, find the body of uh, some people. So uh, it's very bad because if uh, they have a reco, reco is very light uh, thing is to put in the inside the, the pocket or the, anyway in, in the shoes. Yeah, it's just a sticker these days. Yeah, sticks, nothing. And uh, they could find immediately uh, the bodies. And uh, but now the the factory of Rico make uh, a lot of uh, things. Recently, uh, they have a course uh, in uh, Nepal uh, with um, um, Sophie, the Franco-Swiss-Canadian uh, lady, who work with them. Sophie Lavo, uh, she's a good friend, and uh, Rico is. Uh, is a good deal to for Himalaya because yeah. uh, now the receptor is uh, light and uh, it's good. Let's move on to how you play because I think your life in the mountains is just being playing. You don't have a 
Your, yeah. oh, you don't need any hobbies. Your hobbies and passions are in the mountains. Exactly. A few years before, I, I began again the telemark because I broke a leg uh, another time <laughs> and um, to, to uh, practice uh, activities before the winter, I decided to take the old model of uh, skiing of, of my father. Uh, it was telemark skiing. And uh, to make uh, rehabilitation of, uh, of my muscle and legs to ski with post snow in November in the forest. So uh, I decided to, to continue. It was uh, at the end of the uh, 70s. And uh, at that time, I knew uh, the, some America, uh, American, American. Uh, began to use telemark also. Like Norway, people in Norway. And uh, they organized uh, some uh, races. So, uh, with one or two uh, friends here, uh, we decided to begin again Telemark. And uh, I was lucky because uh, I've been to um, Aspen, to uh, uh, Sweden, Sweden, to many uh, no, some, some uh, states to make uh, the world championship of Telemark at that time it was the beginning so it was a hobby yeah. at that time uh, because Telemark we, we can do everything with Telemark equipment and uh, of course uh, it's better to be young to, to do that but uh, it was a hobby and also paragliding it was a hobby and uh, of course climbing it's a hobby yeah <laughs> so, all your sports are a hobby <laughs> exact and uh, uh, that's the reason uh, I, I uh, love uh, of course uh, life and uh, it's b- maybe the reason I have to be a little bit uh, 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 f- uh, Prudent, come Prudent, safer. Prudent, yeah. Uh, to to try to to get a long life because uh, it's too bad to go and uh, to go too too much and uh, lose uh, the life for nothing. So how do you? When I interviewed Liv Sansor, she said that Chamonix has a very uh, attractive vibe and there's yeah. a there's a, a need to be out in the mountains when the snow is conducive, the yeah. conditions are good. But she said sometimes it's important just to stop and relax and let the body, yeah. you know, recover. Yeah. How do you do that? Like, how do you come back from a big expedition or just, you know, how do you just chill out? Do you, do you like to play music? Do you cook? Uh, have a nice wine? How do you just, you know, chill out? Yeah, but you know, because I am born in mountain, we have always something to do: uh, rebuild um, house, chop uh, the wood for winter. Yeah, yeah, everything like that, and uh, we have to uh, to be. Um, um, look forward I mean uh, always looking forward always planning yeah always planning because uh, uh, otherwise we lose time so uh, of course uh, I like music and so on but I like uh, I, I did uh, I've write 
and I uh, write some books. So it was a part of small part of my love also. Yeah. I like to write also. I I did now a little bit less because uh, I wanted to to write my experience and uh, oh, technique and so on, good souvenir. Uh, but uh, now I write a little bit less. Yeah, you've written seven books, you told me. I thought it was three, but you've told me you wrote seven books. It's not, uh, not the usual thing that you think a mountain guide is capable of, of writing these, uh, these books, which is the... You wrote a book about uh, Chamonix and the skiing and the the Chamonix. There's an English version too. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's the name of the the book? Alors, the name is uh, Mont Blanc and Aiguille Rouge uh, skiing. Uh, but the first I wrote it was in the Rebuffa collection. It was Les Cent Plus Belles. That means the uh, one hundred best climbing for him. But he asked me in uh, 80, 1980 uh, to write uh, the. 500 uh, best uh, skilled. Okay. I'm going to wrap it up now with just the three questions I like to ask every guest. So the first question is, how does being in the mountains make you feel? Oh, peace and uh, and uh, control my body to, to, to continue and... Uh, uh, get the top, and uh, so I'm happy. Yeah, only. <laughs> All right. Now, um, I think you've got many years of experience to answer this question, but what do the mountains teach you about life? All. All. Tell me. Ex explain on. Ex expand on that for me. Uh, as I said before, control of uh, the body and uh, the mind, and uh, and uh, always a new project, new uh, route, new uh, discover other uh, through the mountain. By the mountain, I can travel so much, and uh, I'm not able to say. Uh, well, I go to with my wife to visit uh, some ocean. I, I cannot uh, decide that because uh, I prefer the mountain. All right. <laughs> um, the last question is: Can you share a story of when you're in the mountains and share a story with us? A uh, good story is uh, when I go in solo in uh, Yalongkang in uh, uh, Himalaya. When I was solo, yeah, and uh, I could go to to the top uh, uh, really by myself and no oxygen and so on. I, I was uh, near the the end of uh, possibility. It was near. It, I was uh, eight thousand five hundred up there, and I I was climbing very hard, very. Difficult, uh, difficult also technique, but okay. But uh, I could not uh, uh, say how long it is because my mind was uh, poor. And uh, when I get the top, I, I realize I turn my head everywhere, no more to climb. 
So I'm at the top. Yeah, the top. And uh, I had maybe uh, 30% percent of the possibility in, uh, in that. Uh, yeah, yeah, at that uh, time. And uh, I was so, so high, so happy. Uh, it's uh, near the sky. Yeah, near the sky and you're <laughs> oh, on the yeah. top of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And what did you learn about that? Uh, I learned uh, when, uh, as uh, an alpinist say, where there is a will, there is a possibility. Where there's a where. All right, well, that's a nice where. way to wrap it up. Yeah. Thank you very much for coming yeah. on the show. <laughs> Thank pleasure. you. So that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to hear more stories from beyond the mountains, please subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find me on Apple iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Please leave a comment and review. It helps with people to find the show. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Beyond the Mountains Podcast. So please like and follow the show. And remember, the mountains are more than just rock and ice, but the mountains are made up of the people who live, work, and play in them.